Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Maureen Smoss here with you until 7 o'clock tonight. We have a lot to cover over the next hour. We're going to have a reaction from the Cork footballers after their win over Leitrim. We're going to hear from the Cork hurlers after their superb win over Tipperary last night. Going to hear from Cork City boss Neil Fenn after their win over Cove Ramblers today. Going to be talking about things Six Nations as well, including France's win over England this afternoon. Going to preview the new Cork City season as well with our city legend George O'Callaghan. And we're going to preview the Super Bowl tonight. Alan Lamastny, the head coach of the Cork Admirals, will be along to give us analysis of Super Bowl 54, which kicks off later on this evening. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. We're here until 7 o'clock. If you want to get involved with the show, you can text us 086-8104-106 is the place to send your texts or your WhatsApps or you can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Delighted to be joined as always by Tomas Larry. Tomas, how are you? Hi. Why did I hesitate there? I was like, will I call him like you know, an Ireland legend, Munster legend? Will I just call him Tomas O'Leary? No, you forgot I, who I, I went with just Tomas O'Leary. I forgot who it was, like having a clue who I am. <laughs> I, I, was like, yeah. I took one Saturday off and I came back so like, sorry, who are you? Yeah, I would what say do I, do here? I wish you were starstruck, but <laughs> don't really have that effect on people. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> Not after two months or a month in here, anyway. Um, but yeah, um, Ireland yesterday, I know you talked in depth with it about Colm on yesterday's show. Um, you can get that podcast uh, on uh, redextra.e uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. But yeah, not the greatest performances for Ireland yesterday, but and a lot to work on ahead of the visit of Wales next week. I think. Yeah, look, probably lucky to to get out with the win. Um, you know, obviously Stuart Hogg, uh, well documented, he made an awful mistake dropping the ball over I the line. I think I would have scored that. I'd I, I probably comfy. back you 100% to score it. <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> I haven't seen you in action yet. You're, you're bigging up your uh, five-side soccer skills. So. Yeah, my tag rugby skills weren't that hot, like, so I wouldn't be banking on me at all. But to be fair, you could probably fall over the line and, and throw a ball down the <laughs> that ground. Was, was so. that one of the worst misses you've ever seen? I think it was in a soccer or in a, in a, in a rugby yeah. game, definitely. Um, yeah, literally. Completely unobstructed, just have to touch the ball down onto the floor and then boom. Especially when, you know, it's your captain and he's, probably their only world class player yeah um, it was the yeah. literal taking your eye off the wall wasn't it absolutely and <laughs> I, like I because I, I was watching in here live with, with Colin and, I, and we were like oh and Scotland scored a try in the corner and then obviously they, they slow it down and you're just you can't really believe that that kind of he made that mistake but look I suppose a lot of the, the discourse is obviously around uh, Andy Farrell's first game in Mike had his new attack coach and you know it's going to be a new Ireland but to be fair um, you know Josh Smith has been in, intact for six years and, and he mm. the lads have only had whatever three four months to, to prepare and that's obviously with hiding cup games in between so it's going to take time for them to to get their imprint on this Irish team um, there were some signs uh, you know the, the try they scored was a bit different um, rather than kind of just bludging their way over the yeah. line you know it was a bit of subtlety ball out the back from Keane Healy to Conor Murray and a, and a hard line ball out the back to Sexton so look there is I suppose little bits of hope but yeah look it's going to take time um, but look it's a win and yeah. Wales coming to town you know the lads would be well up for that yes certainly we're going to hear from uh, Robbie Hinshaw a little bit later on first though we're going to get up to date and everything that happened today yeah so to GAA 
and the Cork footballers made it two wins from two in Division 3 as they pulled clear from a Leitrim challenge in the second half at Avancard Park Sean McAdirma today Kieran Sheehan's goal in the first half um, just in injury time helped the Rebels to 115 to 8 points win that's the first time since 2015 that they've won their opening two uh, National Football League games as well so very very positive signs for the Rebels albeit in Division 3 oh yeah but good start a win's a win is a win as they say yeah, Kieran Sheehan after coming on the show last week as well so <laughs> any, other, any other footballers want a little kick start as well come and have a chat with us <laughs> also in Division 3 today it finished loud 1-7 Tipperary 11 points in Drogheda Offaly 10 points long for 10 points in Tullamore elsewhere today in Group A of Division 1 in the Allianz National Hurling League Champions Limerick overcame Galway 1-19 to 14 points at the Gaelic Grounds Waterford were 3-18 to 1-15 winners over Westmead and Mullingar and in Group B Clare edged Wexford by 18 points to 15 in Wexford Park Dublin had the measure of leash by 4.18 to 2.17 at Parnell Park and Kilkenny were easy 3.21 to 9 point winners over Carlow and New Watch Cullen Park. In Division 1 of the Allens National Football League Monaghan saw off Tyrone 1.11 to 11 points at Castle Blaney. Donegal ran out 3.8 to 7 point winners over Meath and Navin and in Division 2 it ended for Manor 13 points Roscommon 12 points in Enniskillen and Clare 11 points Kildare 10 points in Ennis. In the National Football League, Cork have won away to Tipperary 2-11 to, to 1-6. That's in the Ladies Football League. Yeah, two wins from two now for the Cork Ladies. A very fast start to them for their league campaign and uh, fantastic to see uh, Cork sides uh, all winning this weekend. Absolutely. Um, it's a good sign those early days, but um, winning is a habit and I guess you know, you're trying to build a winning culture and, and competition for places. So yeah, look, long may that continue. Yeah, and a cracking win for Cork over Tipperary uh, last time. We'll hear from Kieran Kingston in a bit, but just a fantastic performance from the Rebels last night. So things certainly looking good indeed, although, as you say, early, early stages. Yep, and on to, to football and over in, in the UK, it's currently Spurs leading Man City. Uh, the debutant Bergwin with an unbelievable uh, goal in his debut. Cracking goal. In the 63rd minute. Um, young yeah. Min has gotten the second, Sun Young Min, excuse me, has got in the second there just a couple of minutes after that so they're now leading Man City by two goals to nil and the most important thing there is that Liverpool will now be <laughs> 22 points clear of Manchester City with the same amount of games played with uh, just 13 more games left so 39 points to play but 22 points clear it's a sensational lead and that Liverpool team are sensational they are a machine uh, but this win is has to be the final nail in the coffin for uh, for Man City's uh, title hopes yeah no absolutely I think even Liverpool fans at this stage will have to <laughs> admit that the league is over as much they don't want to jinx it yeah um, so look Burnley and Arsenal as well earlier today finished scoreless and Peter Smith was watching this one Burnley nil, Arsenal nil. Burnley had lost their previous 11 fixtures against Arsenal but could and should have won this one following a second half bombardment of crosses and headers Jay Rodriguez came desperately close to scoring when his volley came back off the underside of the bar but the ball didn't cross the line when it dropped Arsenal's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang normally scores against Burnley but uncharacteristically passed up three decent opportunities full-time Burnley nil, Arsenal nil and Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta is taking the positives from this game I was very pleased with the first 15-20 minutes the way we came out the way we controlled the game the opportunities that we generated and we were on top of the game I think we had the chances to, to score one or two goals in that moment and when you do that after here is always difficult after 20-25 minutes we start to give some sloppy passes away and to Scotland and Celtic are now 7 points clear at the top of the Premiership they extended the lead over Rangers with a 4-1 win 
over bottom side Hamilton who had Jamie Hamilton sent off in the first half. Manager Neil Lennon tells Sky Sports News that his team did well to remain patient following the red card. second half was a case of breaking them down. They defended heroically at times, but uh, once the second goal went in, that was uh, the icebreaker. And locally, Cork City have beaten Cove Ramblers in a pre-season friendly this afternoon. 2-1 is how it finished in Mayfield. Dylan McGladden and Rayon Dillon with the goals for City. And in the FAI Intermediate Cup fourth round, College Corinthians have beaten Bonaghy United by two goals to nil. Evan Galvin and Dara, o- Dara Sullivan O'Connell with the goals for Corinthians. And the rugby now and Ireland women have beaten Scotland in the Six Nations opener. 18-14 is how it finished there in Donnybrook. And as we mentioned, France have beaten England by 24 points to 17 in the men's Six Nations in Paris. Charles Olivon scored two tries for the Blues, who withstood a late onslaught to win. France looked all right, didn't they? Yeah, first half they looked very, very mm. good. Um, the talent they have, particularly in the back line, you know, it's awesome. And look, mm. I was very impressed by, by their back row as well today. But um, I suppose I guess you know their, their scrum half as well. Uh, he's a fantastic little player. Played mm. against him when he was actually in cast um, just before he retired, and he obviously moved on to to Toulouse. Um, the Paul, he's he's an unbelievable player. Mm. Um, so look, if they can continue um, that rich vein of arm, they'll be definitely contenders for the Six Nations. England, uh, I suppose, a bit stunned, I suppose, by the ferocity of the French attack in the opening stages of that game. They fought back well in the second half, and you're thinking maybe, maybe there's a chance here. Um, Johnny May scored a, a try that was a, a very soft from a, a French perspective as well. Yeah, to be fair, Johnny May, two, two individual tries really, mm. uh, two, two class finishes from his point of view. Um, particularly the second one, though. He had no right to score that. No, second no. One. Beat about four defenders. Um, question mark. Sean Edwards, the the new French defence coach, won't be happy with that. Mm. Um, was coached by him in London Irish for a bit as well. He's a fantastic coach. You know, he'll bring a bit of uh, bit of toughness, mental toughness, and and obviously organisational uh, um, flair to that, that to that French team. Um, but yeah, England kind of got on top in the scrum with about twenty minutes to go and had opportunities to maybe level the game. But I think France really deserved the win overall um, but probably crazy in the build up to, to the game um, Eddie Jones was, was saying that this young French team you know w- wouldn't have ever experienced this this like um, uh, physicality and brutality that England mm. were going to bring he just keep more you know pressure on his own England team so yeah no, he certainly and fired France up as well at the other side of it. Exactly. Like. So, like you know yourself, you, you certainly don't need to to give a French team at home any anything or any kind of added ambition. So, um, look, he'll have to question how he deals with the media in the future. But um, <laughs> Eddie Jones, I don't yeah, think he will. No, true. But look, it's great from a media point of view that mm. that he, he does kind of shoot from the hip. No, you get an update now from Adam White Hart Lane. I know you'll be me watching Spurs and Man City. Tottenham 2, Manchester City 0, the big moment in the game so far. The sending off on 63 of Alexander Zinchenko for a second yellow card. It's let Tottenham back into the game. A minute later, Steven Bergwijn, on his debut, scored the first goal of his Tottenham career. And that was quickly followed by another goal from Hyung Min Son. That after City missed a host of chances in the first half, including one from the penalty spot. Tottenham 2. City nil. I'm just watching it here uh, in front of us. Spurs brain ball round, quite comfortable. Uh, that's three points in the bag for Spurs. You think probably might, might have jinxed them now, but they look very, very comfortable indeed. And City just standing off and not even uh, getting a glove on Spurs at the moment. And on to tennis, where Novak Djokovic has won his a record extending, a record equaling eight Australian Open men's title. Serb had beaten Austrian fifth seed Dominic Thurin 
in five sets in Melbourne four six six four six two three six four six. Yeah, it was uh, incredible stuff there from uh, Djokovic this morning, uh, fighting back and just absolutely brilliant stuff and a really really enjoyable match. And, uh, Seventeen Grand Slam. Yeah, Roger Federer is looking nervously over his shoulder at the moment because Federer has twenty Grand Slams and he's looking at Djokovic going, "Is he going to break my record?" But Djokovic is an absolute machine and yeah. uh, to win eight uh, Australian Open titles is just something sensational. It's phenomenal. It looks like he probably will will mm. break that record, but we'll see. Um, on the golf for Graham McDowell, Soft Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, and Phil Mickelson to win the Saudi International by two shots at twelve under par. Um, so look, fantastic news for him, um, especially Ryder Cup year as well. Mm. Um, so I know I heard Paddy Carrington speaking about about the makeup of his team, and he he's keen to to have that experience and, and guys who've been there before. So G Mac is, uh, is 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 kind of putting his name in the mm. ring now for that. Certainly so. And in basketball, Singleton Super Value Brunel have lost out to Liffey Celtics in the Women's Super League this afternoon. 68-62 is how it finished in the parochial hall. Delta Work trained by Gordon Elliott and ridden by Jack Kennedy has won the Grade 1 Paddy Power Irish Gold Cup on the day two of the Dublin Racing Festival at Leperstoun. The 5-2 chance staying on well to deny Kenboy and presenting Percy back in third place. And finally on to American football where Super Bowl 54 takes place yeah. this evening. Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers go head-to-head at the Hard Rock Stadium in Florida. The action kicks off at 11.30 Irish time. Yeah, we won't get a chance to see it because it's well past my bedtime when you've got to be up at five in the morning to get to work for six. But uh, I'll try and catch some of the highlights in the morning before seeing the score. I imagine that's going to be quite impossible. But you never, never know. We'll see that. We're really looking forward uh, to catching some of that. It should be an absolutely cracking game. We'll be previewing that. Uh, with uh, Alan Amasny, the head coach of the Cork Admirals, a little bit later on in the show. All right, as Tomas mentioned, Cork uh, beating Leitrim today in the National Football League Division 3. This is the reaction of uh, Ron McCarthy speaking to Dennis Hurley afterwards. Um, you know, on paper, yes, we're a better team and a stronger team and, and everything else, but, you know, the attitude has to be right, um, you know, physically and mentally. And I suppose we did drill at home last night in, in our team meeting before the game. You know, before the game, you know, it, this was about attitude and you know coming into a difficult venue and a difficult pitch in very, very challenging weather conditions. And you know, if you weren't up for the fight today, you were going to be found out very quickly. We were up for the fight. You know, we matched them physically from the start, and then we let our football do the talking as the game went on. Well, in the second week in a row, then forward has, um, has scored five points after coming on that's obviously a good thing on the one hand but is it a kind of a, a negative on the other in that you know the, the fellas who are starting aren't, aren't scoring as much that's something I've thought too much about um, no, no question Michael came in last week and, and, and did very well obviously didn't go for him today um, from a starting position and Luke, Luke got his Luke got, obviously got two from freezing yeah. one from a mark but certainly he impacted the game when he came on I'd probably look at it differently I, I'd probably look at it from the point of view of um, you know competition for places yeah. you get an opportunity to start with the team you got to take it and if you don't take it there's um, there's real quality on the bench and in the panel yeah. um, you know who are only too happy to come in and, and avail of their chance so uh, you know I, I wouldn't make any apologies for it really I'd be saying to guys you get to place and start yeah. 15 this team you make the most of it are you know someone that's going to take your place and in Division 3 you're obviously coming up against a lot of teams who are going to defend in numbers and have sweepers back so having someone like Sean in, in the half back line and able to almost operate as a 7 forward is a good asset to have yeah, it's, it's worked well for so far um, you know but his you know to be fair to him he did something 
great tackling as well yeah. in the defensive role. But he does offer you an, an opportunity coming out, um, coming out of defence, and he, you know, he, he joins up and links up the play really well. And he's, you know, he's a powerhouse and his pace and power when he comes out with the ball is great. Also great that we can get him off today if we have to manage yeah. him. You know, if someone told me that he play, you know, he played three national league games in a row, three weeks in succession, I, I, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. So yeah. he has the opportunity. Because, you know, he's good. We took him off just precautionary there in the last ten minutes. Um, he feels good, and so hopefully he's, um, you know, he's back in the mix and next year. And, and is that the kind of pattern of game you're expecting from teams in Division Three that you'll have to wear them down first and then pull away in the second half? I, I don't know. You know. To be fair, down, you know, down would have plenty of quality as well in the, yeah. you know, in the forward line, and obviously their their Kilcoolfellas came back last night as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't think down, um, you know, would come down with any fear of fellow playing playing their football. Um, yeah. So, but I do think the way the game has gone, you know, lots of players, including Dublin and Kerry, or lots of teams, I should say. You know, get men behind the ball, and when they do, you have to be, you know, you have to be patient and keep the ball and make sure you don't get turned over. So, regardless, we just keep keep, keep trying to do that. And is there anyone back next week who wasn't available today? We should have a few back. There was under 20, 20, 21 championship um, yesterday and today, so we lost a few players owing to that. The other, the other thing is that there's under 20, 21 championship going to Tuesday night. There is the French Cup final on, on Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, so the few like Ahalamani, who's playing today, he played on Thursday, he played today, he played next Tuesday, yeah. he played next Friday. You know, he, look, it's quite unlikely that he'd be available for our game next Sunday. You know, the yeah. five games in, in ten days. You know, if we were to include him in the whole match, and I suppose we have to do the right thing by the player. Um, so what we do is we gather the bodies back and you know get them in tomorrow for, for recovery, see how they are. But we should in principle have you know Paul Ring um, who started the last night, Colin yeah. Callum came on, Damien Gore should you know possibly be available but again he's playing on Friday. Um, Sam Ryan just picked up small niggle he was named to play, picked, picked up small niggle on Thursday night and just we just wouldn't risk him. Yeah. Um, so look, we should be we should be a bigger pick next next week. Having taken four four to be less than the pressure in yourselves going forward. You said last week ten is the ten is the target. Do you think that'll get you up? Oh, I'd, I'd be certain ten will get us up. Yeah. Um, I know some teams got up on eight, on eight in the past, right? Doesn't happen too often. Some teams have not gone up on nine, but I don't think anyone has ever not gone up on ten. Um, so that should get us up and. You know, it brings us closer, obviously, to that magic ten number. But the other thing here is we must look at the next obstacle ahead of us, and and you know, do it week to week, and do it in blocks. And the block of the first three games here now, we've two played, um, we're going to week three, home game, we're going well, plenty of competition for places in the team. You know, a good team coming out to play against us, against us next week, but we should be really, you know, up ready for it. That's Ron McCarthy speaking after today's win uh, over Leitrim. Two wins from two now uh, for the Rebels. And as you heard him mention there, next up it's uh, down coming to uh, Porky Creef uh, next Sunday afternoon at 2pm. But uh, he mentioned a target 10 points to go up. He's got four already. I don't think he could be uh, happier, I suppose, with Cork's start. Yeah, look, I think it's great. And the list of names there that he, he reamed off that were unavailable as well. Mm. Obviously looking at developing a lot of strength and depth. Um, so probably the relegation, obviously no one wanted it last year, but it's probably given him a bit of, a bit of comfort and a bit of, 
of I suppose uh, ability to to try try a few things, and you're not going up playing against the top teams in Ireland um, with respect. So you can look at lads and give lads a chance, yeah. and you know develop towards obviously towards the championship this year, but you know towards being in a higher division next year. So mm. seems positive, you know, all in all for Cork football. And you, Kieran Sheen, on the show last week. If you missed that, it's a really really good chat. You can get that on the Big Red Bench podcast. But he certainly hit the ground running today. A goal today, just before halftime, really killed the game off. Yeah, what I kind of took from it was that he's in really good place um, mentally and uh, just really enjoying being back home in Ireland and uh, look, uh, settling into a new job and loving being back playing GA with his club and with Cork. Yeah. So, you know, when a guy is happy um, and I guess the pressure of contracts and professional football is gone, he's just kind of, you know, he's still only a young man. So hopefully he'll have a few years left in, in the Cork jersey yet. So yeah, it's great to see him back flying in Cork colours. Yes, yeah, certainly. So long may that continue. It's time added on at the end. New White Hart Lane. Five minutes to be added on. It's the leading man today uh, by two goals to nil. Last night, Cork beat Tipperary 224 to 125 in an absolutely cracking game uh, down in Porky Cueve. I had everything really, really top-notch hurling uh, last night. But uh, a win for the Rebels, their first win of the campaign. Going to hear now from my boss, Kieran Kingston. Happy with the performance and the, uh, what's the effort that our lads put in there? Um, there's great honesty to it. There's great attitude to their play, and I think that's something that that um, uh, obviously we, we, we needed to bring. We were welcoming the All Ireland champions to Cork. Um, serious team, uh, as every team is in this league, is hugely, hugely competitive. And look, of course, we're delighted with the win on the, on the back of that performance. So, yeah, look, they have to be assessed. Um, Aiden's a quiet issue. Tim is an ankle issue. We don't know. Um, it was a bit of a challenge I suppose that was one of the most pleasing things of it that we lost two key players Amos and Tim were going really really well we lost them in the first half and we had to adjust um, which we didn't expect obviously in the first half we'd have to make changes like that and we had rested a few students as, you, as, as everybody knew and, and we didn't anticipate that we would have to bring them in as early as we did so that kind of I suppose upset our or, or changes or our proposed changes or plan changes if, if there is no real plans you have to see how it goes but I was delighted with the way the lads reacted to that adjustment losing your centre back losing your wing forward and uh, the change was seamless and I was very pleased with that So good individual performance again Robbie O'Flynn had a very good game He did Robbie worked really really hard he, t- he got an opportunity tonight and he took it and I was delighted with him and there was many 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 others um, <clears throat> I suppose when you're making changes Sometimes uh, you're making changes to a team, and people uh, might question uh, as to why you're doing that. But obviously, you're trying to you're trying to be you're trying to win. Uh, sorry, you're trying to um, give guys an opportunity. But I would be of the belief that any time 15 players take take the field with a cop jersey, then I expect them to be competitive. Uh, and I expect them to put in performance, and that's what we're trying to grow to grow to. You know, it, yeah. Like I, I'm not in the habit of individualising players. I think this is a team game. Uh, we played 19 players tonight, and each of them did their job. Uh, and the next next night, uh, it might be some guys might play better than others. But look, uh, we had two guys tonight coming back from long-term injuries: Collins Bland, Alan Cadigan, and they got some game time into them. It was great to see that uh, because uh, Alan hadn't played in six months, and Colin had a bit of bit of time all right during the Munster League so to get another game into them was, was that was great performance wise Kieran obviously what great was at a high intensity compared to last week yeah, it, look it was yeah we're happy with that and, and, and uh, <coughs> look we're not a bad team because of last Sunday uh, and we're not a brilliant team because of tonight um, it's one game that was one game this is one game and, and it's no more than that it's a league game in 1st of February 
Uh, absolutely, we're delighted with the performance, we're delighted with the win. But that's really as much as it is. This team has been criticised in many, many quarters around its consistency and many other, in many other ways as well. But, and it can only answer that or answer those criticisms if it gets some consistency into its play. Tonight is one game, that's not consistency. We judge consistency in three or four games' time. I think when your when your performance is when your performance is when your attitude is right, when there's an honesty an honesty of effort there, which there was tonight for the nineteen throughout nineteen players that played, um, that seems to fall out of that, you know. But right. as I say, it's one game. And I can't get carried away with it. It's a league game in the first of February. It was great to win. Uh, we needed it, but it's as I say, it's one game. Morale is obviously lifting up tonight, but going forward, I suppose this week, Fitzgibbon Cup semi-final next week for UCC, and then away to Westmead. Yeah, look, starting out in this campaign, we knew that the the, um, the the initial stages of the league was going to be really challenging for us because we're trying to we're trying to manage uh, a squad, trying to give guys opportunity, and that overload some of our key players as well, who are um, those guys. Some of them played the bones of three games in six days, and that's. That's not ideal in these kind of obviously conditions. Were fantastic tonight, but in the main, you're not playing in these conditions in, in January, and it's, it takes more out of, out of lads. And these are young guys, 21 and 22, 20, 21 and 22, and because we're talking about player burnout, and we have three important games in six days, it don't don't really add up, you know. I suppose you said you don't want to name individuals, but you've got to be happy with Collins and Gold. He played really well today. Yeah, he did. Look, if a guy if a guy goes on, this is my philosophy. If a guy goes on on the field and he. he, he he does his job that's the job he's expected to do uh, we all make mistakes uh, everybody will make mistakes on the field I'll make them on the line you guys will make them in your jobs that's that's where, because we're human and they, players will make them as well uh, sometimes can be over criticised when they do and maybe over complimented when they don't but uh, yeah I'm very happy with, our, with everyone's performance tonight uh, irrespective of how they played with their, their attitude I thought their honesty of, was the key thing That's Ken Kingston there speaking after last night's win over at Tipperary it's just uh, over as well and at uh, the new White Hart Lane Tottenham beat Manchester City by two goals and that surely 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 by now has the title to uh, Liverpool to get a full time report on that one in just a bit but the core curlers last night's most showed flashes of excellence looked really really solid uh, performed very very well a fantastic win some great performances we heard Kieran mentioned there uh, Alan Cadigan just back from six months uh, out injured first game in six months played very very well last night showed some real flashes of um, of just how good a player he is um, so overall a very good night for Cork yeah look I think the I suppose you have to credit Parky Creeve and the ground staff too like um, particularly for this Cork team um, it really suits suits their style of play when when you know the sod is good and the pitch is incredible mm. and it like, suits the likes of Cadigan up front um, you know Cork's forwards have, have over the last maybe five six years they've generally been very very good they've um, it's it's kind of the back line is questioned and look Robert Downey there going in full back the last few weeks even against Waterford mm. when the team in general struggled he looked good that day and He's only 21, but he's uh, looks like he could be the answer at full back. And I suppose even Damien Cahillan has been freed up, going out to half back. Yeah, the, Patrick Collins was mentioned in goal. He made a one unbelievable save, but I thought his puckouts were, were maybe a point of difference. He was pinpointing with his puckouts, yeah. picked out players on occasions, which led to scores. So and the save he made just before the Tipperary penalty last night was sensational. Point yeah, blank range, crazy. full stretch, brilliant save. 
because I yeah I'd heard a lot about about this guy. I've seen a little bit of him, but yeah, um, a lot of a lot of guys were pushing for for him to get a shot and obviously challenge Anthony Nash in, in goals. So it's great to see that competition and hopefully that'll raise national standards now as well. Mm. So yeah, all on the positive. My own club mate Robbie Flynn as well. He scored one three, great, yeah, great goal. And look, he's a guy who's speed to burn. Um, so like I said, a, a good good night for the, for the for the Cork team and they needed it as well after losing last week. Yeah, like going away to Waterford and probably a poor performance um, home game against Tip I know Tip had rested probably one or two lads mm. but you still got to still got to win Cork had a lot of changes so it's kind of illustrating that there is a strength and depth kind of starting to form in this Cork team Yes certainly uh, uh, signs looking very very good for Cork I don't think anyone's going to get carried away though after one league win over Tipperary in February no, I think they, they might as well give us Lee McCarthy now. <laughs> <laughs> Start booking the hotels, lads, uh, for uh, the All Ireland final. All right, uh, going to hear now from uh, the uh, Cork Money boss, uh, Paddy Murray, after uh, their win yesterday in Porky Queef. Uh, fantastic uh, win for the Rebels. So, going to hear from uh, Paddy Murray now. I always thought that if we got the ball into our forward line, that uh, particular inside that we had to beat them in there, and, uh, you know, probably uh, some of our, our, our striking in the first half probably was a bit slow, so we'd have to speed up on that. But, uh, um, you know, look, very young team, average age of the panel is 22, so we're starting to rebuild. Um, you know, normally that probably takes three years, so uh, to come down here and strike 118, we'd have to be happy with it. Five ahead in at the short whistle. What would you bring message to them? I just stick to what they're doing. Um, you know, probably tighten up a small bit in defence. We were we were probably open once or twice at a goal chance. Uh, so just, you know, uh, probably get a small bit tighter, but just keep doing what they were doing. I suppose in the early stages, then of the second half, like Waterford were coming at you in waves and your goalkeeper had to make a good save and there were a number of chances that uh, that went wide but you were under pressure yeah we were I suppose we, we lost our way a small bit in the, in, around the middle of the middle third I suppose you know but like Ashton has done nothing with, with the last uh, three weeks in that she had a rib injury so she, she ran out of a bit of steam there um, you know so our fitness levels probably aren't where they should be but look, you know there are things that we have to work on obviously it's great Ashton Thompson back again a wealth of experience yeah I look particularly with the team we have at the moment and uh, um, you know she's training well at the moment so you know I just hope that, that she can put on a good year Paddy, I suppose over the last couple of years there are people who are complaining that Camogie lacked physicality. There was a couple of hits there tonight that would do justice to the men's game. Yeah, but look, overall, and I don't want to talk about this referee, but I'm very frustrated. I don't think anything has changed. Uh, you know, if you judge our semi-final last year against Galway with this outside there tonight, I'm just absolutely pulling my hair out of my head at the moment. I'm just, I just don't know where to go with the whole setup. And what would you, what would you like to see changing? I just one more consistency, and I think that's the key thing: consistency with refereeing. We we'll go up next week; it'll be something totally different. Um, you know, I'm just nothing has changed in my mind. I'm just absolutely going away out here with frustration. What was it particularly about tonight that you were frustrated in terms of decisions? I think that that you know you're 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 getting a free once and then you're not getting a free the next time. Inconsistency. We got blown for 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 uh, striking a ball outside the uh, uh, the large square, and it went on for the night at other times so you know if you're going to do that let's let's have it you know and, and blow it continuously um, you know I'm just some were hits yes absolutely some were not and blown you know freeze given um, 
against minimum contact so I'm just I just don't know where to go it's very hard for a management team to sit down in front of a team and try to advise them in the way they should play because it is just uh, nonsense the way things are going um, you know I, I go to the semi-final last year put that up against what we had there tonight and they're two different games yeah, it's Paddy Murray there, Cork Longy Boss uh, speaking. Uh, last night after their win in Porky Cueve, uh, a good win for the Rebels um, last night. And uh, but Paddy uh, has been beating this drum for a while about the inconsistency of refereeing in uh, the Camogie, uh, in Camogie. Um, he got it again last night. You can hear the frustration just kind of bubbling over in his voice there. Yeah, you can. And look, he'd be, I suppose, experienced it week in, week out, um, dealing with referees. Look, it's any, it's a bugbear of coaches in every in every sport in every game whether it's Premier League or whether it's listen to Mourinho there or listen to you know rugby rugby you know rugby players or whatever like fortunately referees are human they're not going to get it right but it's probably an easier an easier way would be just to implement the exact same rules for for hurling as yeah. Camogie and because I think he's he's mentioned that before yeah. and I think like a, a lot of managers across the country have mentioned that it should be refereed the same way yeah I think that would make it a lot easier for for referees and 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 fans and coaches then to get an easier understanding players as well so look if you can kind of implement that whereby same rules then hopefully things might improve and he might be a little bit less frustrated yeah fingers crossed anyway alright we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, we're going to talk uh, Cork City we're going to hear from Neil Fenn after their win over Amber. I'm going to hear from City Legend George O'Callaghan. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Maureen Smalls here with you on the bench until 7 o'clock. Full-time report from White Hart Lane. Tottenham 2, Manchester City 0. This game was packed with incidents. In the first half, City hit the post and had a VAR penalty saved before the key moment. A red card for City's Zinchenko on 63. Spurs then scored two quick goals. New signing Steven Bergwijn on his debut collied the first and Hyung-Min Son drove home the second. Spurs move up to fifth in the table. Tottenham 2, Manchester City 0. Well, you're the Spurs fan on the big red bench. How happy are you with that? And how happy are you with Jose Mourinho and the work he's been doing recently? Uh, not very happy with Mourinho. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, obviously, it's a great win for Spurs. Um, I suppose you're moved move, up the table now to fifth um, and trying to, to obviously get into the top four for, for Champions uh, League football is key. Mm. Just in terms of revenue, particularly with, with you know Daniel Levy at the top, you know he doesn't like spending money at the best yeah. of time. So if, we, if we're not in the top four... I'd say good luck um, but look Mourinho I suppose he ekes out results um, and to be fair you know he's brought on a debutant there who's, who's scored a cracker I know there's probably a bit of criticism about you know how he's handled our own Irish kind of well superstar hopefully yeah. next next big thing he's not allowed to be loaned out now um, because he, he has to qualify to be a, an English qualified player yeah. if he stays for a two year period or something like that Troy Parrott so um, look I guess Mourinho's just looking after his own his own scenario there but look good one for Spurs um, but I wouldn't be overly happy overall yeah I'm sure Liverpool fans are celebrating this evening anyway after that result alright uh, Cork City as you mentioned at the top of the show uh, they defeated Cobram 
Ramblers in a, a pre-season friendly today uh, held up in Mayfield Didn McLeaden and uh, Ray and Dillon with the goals uh, for City going here now from uh, boss Neil Fence beating the Cork City FC.ie afterwards Yeah it was, a, it, was a, it was a good performance there I thought it was difficult conditions it was what you'd expect um, from a pre-season for what I want from a pre-season friendly anyway a good, a good game against a good opposition um, difficult conditions with the wind and, and obviously it's on an all weather pitch is not ideal but we passed the ball well created a good few chances scored some good goals and still still work to be done obviously but um, happy happy with the result happy with the way we played we've got a good bunch of, of players there they're all around about right at the same age so it's um, it's good in that way they'll get on um, so far and you know it's, it's how you play on the pitch together and in the units and getting partnerships and all over the pitch and they seem to be doing that quite well and I thought there was there was lots of good lots of good plays today and lots of good performances and, and hard work and albeit it's a friendly but Ray and Dylan getting a first goal it's obviously for a striker important to get off the mark as early as possible so yeah good. yeah exactly he, he, he did well today he held the ball up well um, obviously, he got a, he got a goal as well, as you say, for a, for a player that's always that's always good. And obviously, Dylan as well, um, getting on the score sheet, which and probably should have had one or two others as well. So, no, really, really good. So we're moving to the final week of pre-season now. Yeah, so we'll we'll, tra- we'll have a day off tomorrow and then we'll train during the week, preparing for those two games, but really preparing for the the start of the season. So we'll the two friendly, or sorry, the one friendly and the Monsignor Cup will be good games again. Um, Longford are a good team and, and Mayfield will be will be difficult to beat as well. So it'll be really good games for us leading up into the season. Yes, Neil Fan after today's win over Amblers next up uh, for City, as Neil has mentioned in their friendly against Longford at the cross next week and then. Uh, uh, Mayfield uh, that's next Saturday and then uh, next Sunday um, is uh, their final pre-season game they take on Mayfield United as Neil said then before the opening uh, game of the season happening on February 14th as they take on Shelburne at Turners Cross which should be a cracking occasion and uh, fingers crossed um I suppose City can get a win in the opening game like to get a win with that young squad that Neil Fenn has in that opening game is going to be absolutely huge yeah, look, I suppose you spoke to him probably three, four weeks back and he was very happy with uh, the squad that he seemed to be assembling. Obviously, he, there's restrictions in terms mm. of finance and how, how much he can actually spend attracting players, but um, he was happy with the, the calibre of players and I suppose the, the youth of the group he seemed to be enthused by. He was kind of ambitious in, in the, the football that, that Fenn wants to, to implement and I know Cork City fans traditionally love to see um, some football played down at the yeah. cross so um, hopefully you know this obviously there mightn't be many big names yet but hopefully one or two of them might um, turn themselves into mm. kind of folk heroes like the likes of Georgie Callaghan and these guys <laughs> Yeah Georgie O'Callaghan could certainly play a bit of ball back in the day he called into me earlier in the week uh, to look ahead uh, to the new season and maybe look back at some of uh, his own career as well Alright the new League of Ireland season is just uh, two weeks away delighted to be joined by Cork City legend uh, George O'Callaghan to look ahead George how are you boy? Very good thank you Roy nice to be back It's great to have you in here it's been a couple of years since you've been in here Yeah strange strange coming back in and we were talking as well just before we came on air City's first home game is against Shelburne at home your first game for City was against Shelburne at home 2003 yeah like I think it's very similar to what it is now people didn't really know what to expect um, and that day I think Shells were just after winning the league they were the top team and do you know we went out that night and we beat them 3-0 beat them very convincingly and uh, kind of put a mark that like um, I suppose the new kind of era of younger lads were coming through at Cork mm. City and it's a great occasion and I suppose that team stayed together for a long time we ended up winning the league eventually and breaking shells we kind of broke the balls dominance in Dublin so uh, 
great times, you know, and you know, it was, it, was, it was a project put in place and it was just fantastic to, to be involved in it. I remember that day vividly. There was such a swagger about you that we had been used to seeing for City for a couple of years and everyone just left buzzing about the potential of that squad and, and the what lay in the future, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And like I keep saying, you know, you have to kind of sometimes be lucky with players and that definitely happened. You know, I think Flinney came in last minute. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I was after leaving Portfell and coming back and, do you know, that season, Dan Murray came back like, and, you know, like Dan done to the club was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. And like we had a nice little bunch of players and I think we were kind of lucky then in the sense that all the younger lads came in but we still had Dickie Daly there and Stephen Apier and kind of be, with them around you kind of knew what was needed to be a Cork City player and their kind of guidance and then I suppose the you coming through and do you know none of us knowing what, what was going to happen and mm. uh, it just all clicked and we were just very lucky um, that it created a great team you know, a team that I think will always be remembered Yeah and beating Shelburne is always, a, always good Yeah and you know my love for <laughs> Shelburne so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them back in the Premier League so as long as we can kick them as much as we can mm. when they're down So as you say a number, <laughs> a number of similarities I suppose between that 2003 team and now and that like Neil Fenn has kind of a rebuilding job he's kind of emphasising youth um, this season because of the, maybe the budgetary constraints he's under so definitely a couple of similarities Yeah and, and, and that's what I'm hopeful of that the younger lads can come in and really grasp it um, I think the Shells game is an ideal first game because when they play against Shells that night there's be a big crowd at the cross and you'll see how the younger players react to it you know some players will stand up and stick their chests out but um, some young lads will go hiding that's just the way football mm-hmm. is so it's going to be really like fascinating how Fenny's going to set up and what they're going to do but um, for me I think that will give a gauge for the season yeah. how, how they play that night because ultimately those players that's going to be their biggest test so far in their career and like, they either stand up to it or they won't yeah certainly so and a couple of experienced heads there still is on Mark Mandelty still there obviously Garrod Morrissey I think a lot's going to be expected of him this year so there is that blend of I suppose of experience on you coming into the team yeah and, and when you look at Nultz and Garrod as you said you know they're really experienced players now and they're going to have to lead the club um, I suppose it's going to come to the stage now where before I remember when Nultz was were there with us and Garrod was coming through but now they're the senior players and I think they have a massive season ahead of them I think last season certainly when Fenny came in and just before um, um, John Cotter was uh, let go the lads weren't really doing that for them you mm-hmm. know what I mean so I think this year they really have to push on show, their, show that they're leaders and help the younger players come through because if they don't the lads are going to struggle this season uh, one thing we know is that that team will be very, very fit with Joe Gamble cracking the whip behind oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't like to be doing the running out in Bishopstone today in the rain anyway, certainly. I know Joey will have them, uh, will fit, and I said that's one thing, at least they will be fit. Um, and then the other side of it then, you know, you look, I suppose, when Fenny was a player, that little bit of quality and bit of class that they need mm-hmm. on the ball. But um, I, certainly, I, like knowing Joey, they will be fit team. And I think Neil is going to want them to have the ball on the deck pressing up high and playing I suppose that on the front foot kind of corks in the way that we were used to maybe in the 2005 team Yeah I think that's the only way Fenny knows how to play so that's what's going to be really interesting will they adapt to Fenny's style and, and Fenny's I think when Fenny came in near the end of the season it wasn't his team but this is certainly his team now mm. it's his players so um, do you know I think Fenny's going to have a lot more responsibility and I think it'll be a lot more stressful for him this season because you know being a footballer manager you have to get the wins and playing a turner's cross you do have to do it for the crowd and play the way they want to play and, and getting the goals and Cork, Cork fans will always follow a winning team mm. and Cork City do need to score goals and entertain and that's what people want down the cross you get away with it in the away games yeah. but you won't get away with it down the cross fans have to be patient though I think they have to realise this is a rebuilding project and it's going to take some time for everything to bet in I, I <laughs> don't know Cork City fans are patient <laughs> I know because 
Thornis Cross is a tough place to play when people are on your back and um, I know at the start there will be supported of them but I think you know even last season you could feel people were edgy coming to games there was a lot of negativity so but that's down to the players the players have got to go out and show it I think in that game against Shells when they do start it'll all be I remember when we played it was the first 15 minutes we kind of blew Shells away yeah. I was lucky to score and then we kind of kicked on so they need that bit of looking they need, they need somebody to have that bit of quality on the ball because I think last season when you watched it there wasn't much quality left no one really could pick out that final pass from so it be interesting to see what kind of players Fenny is going to bring in and what they're able to do Overall looking at the league as a whole it looks like it's going to be another Dundalk and Shamrock Overs battle for the title Yeah unfortunately that's the way it looks um, I think you know when you look at Shamrock Rovers they've put in a plan there over the last four or five years and that's all coming true now for them that's why they're so strong they're so stable they've got great investments from people outside of the football mm. and you know maybe that's something that Cork City should have looked at when we were in the Champions League and you know when we were winning leagues but um, and then in Dundalk similar they've, they've good investment they've backers from the outside as well and they obviously have a great setup. they're just getting stronger and stronger so um, the thing about it for me like Cork City it fell so much this time last year we would have been talking about winning the league again mm. and now we're, people are like saying oh this could be relegation season so <laughs> for falling 12 months it won't happen no. but that's the kind of negativity that's creeped in and it just needs to be eradicated by the players now when they go out and play in the first few games Overall George there's been a lot of talk of the FAI struggles off the field and out of that there's been discussions of maybe an All-Ireland League forming what would your views be on that be? would you be in favour of an All-Ireland League? I, I think it's the only way to go um, I remember when we used to play we had the Santa Cup mm. and I just love going up playing against Northern Ireland teams it's exciting because I think you c- it can get um, repetitive playing the same teams you know in a 10 team league all the time you know so I think that's the only way to go whether they do it or not like obviously the FEI is a shambles at the minute you know I think bringing in um, Niall Quinn now and Brian Kerr I think things will change slowly but in the mess that they're in like how long is it going to take them all to sort out what they need to sort out the FAI has never really cared about the League of Ireland though has it no the FAI never cared and I've always said it it never really bothered me the FAI like I think sometimes when you play in the League of Ireland and you're neglected so much you actually kind of become even a bit bitter towards the the international team because you realise as a player no one cares only about the international team so and it's very difficult when you play in the League of Ireland and you're trying to it's a living for people and it's your job and you realise that the top uh, organisation don't care, you know. I think what the John Delaney said it was like a problem child. Like, like who would ever said that about yeah. a the league that yeah. running? It's terrible. It's incredible. Um, overall, George, how do you think City will do this season? How will they fare? Uh, uh, well, do you know what? When you, when you talk about Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers, they're not world beaters. Mm. And I said that when we beat Dundalk near the end of last season. Like, you know, it's not as if we're playing Arsenal or Chelsea's here. I think if they can get a team in that are going to work hard, uh, have a good structure, a good defence. Um, obviously, you know we've lost a couple of defenders like um, O'Connor going to uh, Saint Mirren or like McCarthy Mac- 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 Sorry, yeah. Conor McCarthy going to Saint Mirren is a big loss for them because he was top goal scorer last year, yeah. six goals. That's his last centre half is top goal scorer. Yeah, but I think I think I think realistically they should be aiming for the top four because it's Cork City at the end of the day with the biggest crowd or the best club in Ireland. So. You know, I think they kind of have to aim high. Mm. There's no point in coming in and saying, oh, we want to do this and mid-table. I don't think people would accept that anyway in Cork. Mm. Last year, you kind of came back to the club as a, a fan watching matches for the first time in a couple of years. How was it being back, I suppose, watching City? I know, I, I love it. And it's just great getting that buzz when you're walking down on a Friday night. I could bring my little son Rocky with me. Is everyone shouting, Georgie, Georgie? Yeah, no, it's funny because the older 
people do but the kids haven't got a clue who I am so and the dads are trying to explain to their kids about me then it gets a little bit of embarrassing here look look yeah so uh, yeah I know it's really nice and you know I have great memories of Cork City mm. and, and they're great. there's great people out there working as well I put a lot into that club and I love Friday nights I really can't wait for the season to get back on you know and it's it's as I say, it's a little, nice little buzz. Mm. You pick your little son up at school, and then it's like match day again, ready to go in to watch the lads mm. in the cross. Like, so uh, I really can't wait for the season. And off the field, George, you've undertaken a, a massive undertaking, I suppose, with any time of fitness, such as a new gym opening up in uh, Balancholic. Yeah, I know it's really exciting. It's something that I wanted to do for a good few years, is to be involved in the gym uh, industry. So, um, I'm lucky enough, I got a chance now with this new gym, 24 hour gym, so I'm in Balancholic, and it's kind of the way I wanted the gym to be. It's going to be like classy. Um, it's more of a health club feel it's for anyone so people mm. don't feel intimidated coming to the gym it's not all about athletes or anything like that it's for people that want to come in lose weight and you know just have healthier living and lifestyle and it's a lovely kind of uh, business to be in because you can see the results and you're helping people and um, I'm just really delighted um, we're open now uh, start of March and um, it's going it's going to be I think when people come in and see it it's going, they're going to realise what an amazing kind mm. of uh, cool kind of gym it's going to be and being open 24 hours as well it really helps me on shift work and people on unusual working hours as well yeah and that's the thing and, and you know when I speak to people we obviously have uh, big companies next to us like VMware and like even the Gardaí you know people like that you know when they come off shift mm. the gym's open 24-7 the security cameras everywhere we've got we're basically the same as every gym but we've got like the top of the range security yeah. and uh, it's there for that and it's worked in in Dublin with the three lads or with the three gyms up there that with lads are running and like regarding safety and all that like there's four and a half thousand anytime fitnesses around the world like we've got two in the Bronx so like you know just the safety <laughs> issue is never bothered yeah. at the 24 hour gym you know there's never a problem so I think it's a great idea and just hopefully you know the people uh, in the Ballon Colleague area that community will buy in like with us and the people in Cork and uh, and come in and enjoy the gym. Now there's been a great response but so far, hasn't there? Some friday been seeing online anyway. Yeah, no, it's been amazing. You know, we, we put out the first uh, band of sales on Monday and we were sold out within an hour. Mm. So, um, and that's why I say, you know, all our, we've got like virtual classes with 2,000, uh, on, on the app there's 2,000 classes and that people, if they want to go in and do their own classes in their own little boot, all our uh, showers are individual, you have your own little bathroom and mirrors and all that. So, it'll be something really different in Cork and, uh, do you know me? I always like something different. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so hopefully it will work, and I've no doubt it will. Yeah, and people can find you online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram, yeah, on the Facebook, the whole lot. It's Anytime Fitness Ban and Colleague, and uh, they can see the plans and see what we're doing. George, best of luck with it, buddy, and thanks a million for coming in today. No, thank you, Rob. Yeah, great to have George O'Callaghan in studio to look ahead uh, to the new season. Best of luck to him as well with his uh, new venture. Looks like he could still do a job for Cork City. Looks super fit. Yeah, look, he, he was always fit as a fiddle. Um, yeah. I remember... Back back in the day, we used to be actually training in in the farm as well. Same yeah. as the Cork City lad, so you'd bump into them a lot more. And there was a few rock stars in the team as well. George, like George. Yeah, 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 they were men about town, like um, but like they they had a great personality and they also had a great crack with them. Like so, um, it's good to good to hear that um, you know he's 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 still got looking well and that good luck with his venture. So it yeah. sounds like a good 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 um good plan anyway. Yeah, thanks to George for calling in. All right, we're running out of time. Going to preview the. The uh, Super Bowl tonight, Super Bowl 54, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, about half 11 Irish time. Uh, our good friend Alan Masney, the head coach of the Cork Admirals, called in to look ahead. How much are you looking forward to this game tonight? Um, very much. This is going to be a, an exceptional game. We have two really good teams, high-powered offences, good defences. It's it's what you want to see in the Super Bowl, really. Stylistically, I suppose, how do they compare and contrast? Um, 
Well, you, what you have, I suppose, with the the the, uh, the Chiefs have such a dynamic offense. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. They can score from anywhere at any time. They can come back like they did with the, the last two playoff games. Um, against that, then you have the 49ers, which have the number one ranked defense, mm. a fantastic pass rush with Nick Bosa and the four and a few more of them. Um, so you have can the Chiefs control the pass rush if they can then it's going to be very difficult to stop the, the Chiefs passing game so it sounds like they're stylistically they're kind of they're opposites to yes. each other basically yes and on the other side then the 49ers are more of a traditional ground and pound offence mm. uh, and they're going to want, want to run the ball and then try and beat you with efficient quarterback play so the Chiefs defence then you've got um, Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the D-line um, they're two very good defensive ends so if they can stop the run if you can be physical with the 49ers and stop the run then you you have a good chance of stopping them the, the key is if the 49ers control the run game it keeps Mahomes off the field yeah certainly so I, I've, I've heard a lot read a lot about Mahomes this week he's been a fantastic I suppose all throughout the season yeah I mean look the, the guys in his second season he went to the championship game last year they were you know, they went to overtime. He didn't get an opportunity to, to get the field in overtime, so we would don't we don't know what he could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, he's he's in the Super Bowl at twenty four. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. He's he's the son of a major league pitcher from baseball, and you know, he he just he can do things in the field that lots of quarterbacks can't. Yeah, what is it about him that makes him stand out? Um, I think his ability to to just be aware of what's happening around them. And I mean, generally quarterbacks, you know, they have to know what everything is, what everyone is doing on offense and defense. But then you have that, that little extra bit that some special quarterbacks have where they can transfer, you know, their knowledge and then they can see things that physically they can't see, but they know that should be, that's happening over there. And I mean, the guy makes throws where he's not looking to and, you know, sidearm throws when he has to and... Plus, he can throw the ball the length of the field as well, which is a huge plus. And so, the big question for the Niners is, how do you shut that down? I think that if they want to beat the Chiefs, they got to keep him in the pocket, mm-hmm. make him literally throw from the pocket because he extends a lot of plays with his feet, gets out of the pocket, he can run for first downs. If you could stop that and keep him in the pocket, and the Forty Niners have a very good secondary, if you can keep Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill um, from going deep, and then all you have to deal with is Kelsey in the middle. Mm-hmm then you'd have a good chance of, of stopping them. And offensively, then what are you expecting from the 49ers tonight? Um, I, I think, again, they're, they're going to run. I mean, um, they're running back there. Um, Mostert, he had a fantastic game the last day. They ran, they ran, they ran. For, uh, the, the Packers couldn't stop it. Um, and then, you know, the thing is, when, when in, in, in all offenses, when you run, have a good run game, then you can use the play action on the pass. And, and you know, when they come to try and stop the yeah. run, they have to come down into the box and then you can beat them over the top with the, with the play action. So Jimmy Garoppolo is well able to do that. Um, if he's efficient and doesn't turn the ball over, then you you have a good opportunity there of scoring. And, and again, uh, one thing, you know, time of possession. If you keep the ball and the other team can't have it, mm, they can't that's score, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> one um, other thing then you have to look at is the two special teams. Mm. Um, the 49ers of Robbie Gould, who's one of the best kickers ever. Um, the Chiefs kicker is very good as well, Harris Buckner. But the Chiefs return game is, is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So the, the key for the, another key for the 49ers is you know the bookies have the Niners as slight favourites would you go along with that um, I suppose if you were to look at the stats and everything yes 
the, the, the key the, the whole game is you know Mahomes what are mm-hmm. you going to do with him if, if you bottle Mahomes then yes the 49ers should win it if you don't take care of Mahomes then he will win what do you expect to happen though um, <laughs> who, who are you calling I, for I, the way I would see it is that it would be a close game a good battle and then it will come down to who gets the ball last mm-hmm. if Mahomes gets the, balls, the ball last in the last position then he'll, he'll win yeah Excellent. And you've got your big Super Bowl party tonight as well? Yeah, Super Bowl party tonight in the East Village. And time from 8 o'clock on, we'll have raffles and late bar. It's always a good night. Yeah, we have, we, you know, it's a good crack. We've, we've, we've good um, big screens there. Mm. Uh, it's always a great, great night for the lads. And, and you know, when to come down and watch some football and, you know, get to, get to know the team and everything. Down the East Village from 8 o'clock, so. East Village is 8 o'clock tonight, yeah. And you're back in action now as well. The last time we were here, you were looking for big offensive yes, defensive yeah, 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 Did you get some? Yeah, we, we, well, we have. We actually got one or two lads. Um, I was looking to recruit again. We'll be doing another recruiting push from now. We had our first um, game of the season yesterday, preseason game versus Wexford Eagles, which we won 24-17, which basically was to get all the rookies involved and get them their first taste of football. Yeah. So we've got, we've got kind of six or seven weeks now of, of a next training step up and, yeah. and we'll have a rookie camp and rookie day in the middle of that as well. Um, our first game then is on the 15th of March. It's uh, not too far away, sorry. Yeah, and our first home game then is, uh, is against Limerick in Cork. That's fantastic. 29th of March. So well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, so far, so from yesterday, <laughs> the signs were good, anyway. That's all you want to hear. Alan, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks, Rory. Thanks very much, buddy. Take care. Yeah, it's Alan Lamasney, the head coach of the Cork Admirals, looking ahead uh, to tonight's uh, Super Bowl. The uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. It promises to be uh, a fantastic game. Kicks off at half 11, a little bit past my bedtime. You're going to sit and watch it? I won't step and watch it, no. um, (laughs) Too small, he's to bed now. Um, But interesting to hear um, the Masney talk about it there. It's great to hear all about his knowledge. I wouldn't have Mm. a clue talking about special plays and quarterbacks being in the pocket and Mahomes he sounds like a, a, a character from Police Academy uh, <laughs> so yeah my knowledge of uh, American football wouldn't be the best but no I definitely catch the highlights yeah I haven't seen much football this season unfortunately but I always enjoy checking out the Super Bowl uh, King of Half 11 tonight probably won't see a lot of it live going to try and catch uh, the rest of it then tomorrow morning I uh, used to be a big 49ers fan when I was a kid as well so I, I'm hoping the 49ers win tonight. That's my tenuous connection to tonight's Super Bowl. Did you have a jersey or anything? I do have a jersey, a San Francisco 49ers jersey at home. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm shouting for tonight anyway. Surely you'll get over to see them play at some stage. So. <laughs> they never know. I'll have to say Red that. Red FM might bring, put us out there. We'll do a bit of adventure live from San Francisco <laughs> next year. Laughing. All right, that's it from us. Thanks very much for tuning our way on the Big Red Bench this evening. Uh, you can get our podcast if you missed any of today's show or yesterday's show, redextra.ie, or wherever you get your podcasts from as well we're on Twitter at Big Red Bench and on Instagram as well Alan Donovan is up next with Green on Red three hours of the best Irish music coming your way between now and 7pm we're back next Saturday from 6pm enjoy the rest of your Sunday night folks The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM